electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Right now and fast, we're counting down to the busiest week of earnings season this quarter. More than $5 trillion worth of market cap on deck to report. Where we could see the biggest gains and the biggest disappointments in the week ahead. Plus, Tesla on a tear. The EV giant locking in its best week since 2013. The stock's storming past the Chartmaster's target price. So what do you do now? He's got an update you won't want to miss. And later, we're revisiting that topic that got our desk energized and exorcised last night. Chevron CEO sticking by the company's buyback plan. What the traders make of this response to the White House's critiques. I'm Melissa Lee. This is Fast Money. We're live at the Nasdaq market site in the heart of Times Square. On the desk tonight, Tim Seymour, Karen Feinerman, Steve Grasso, and Guy Adami. We start with a pivotal week ahead for big tech earnings. Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, and more all on deck to report. And these names have been rallying hard heading into these results. Meta jumping 9% this week. It is at its highest level since September. Apple and Amazon also posting big gains. Even Alphabet clawing back from its DOGA hangover and closing this week higher. It's not just earnings in focus. The Fed's first interest rate decision of this year comes Wednesday. The market hoping for a quarter point hike. And the January jobs report is out at the end of the week. Could next week's news derail this market enthusiasm that we have seen here? And certainly the markets are trading, Tim, as if everything is going to be amazing. Well, it, it's it's the things you just talked about for next week make this one of the biggest weeks, including really a host of other important earnings. But the Fed and the payroll number, and again, we had jobless claims numbers that are still near their lows. So uh, the payrolls are very important to this dynamic. But get back to the market. Look at this move that the triple Qs, the NASDAQ 100, have had over the last three weeks. Uh, they've outperformed the S&P by 6%. That's a change in character. That's absolutely, instead of making successive lows on a relative basis, they've now been breaking out. And if you're, if you're a market bull, You've got a lot of things to to be happy about. You've got the breakout and the breadth also of the market. You also have peak dollar. You have uh, peak rates behind you. And and I think it makes next week really interesting because uh, kind of skittish bears who are not feeling so great right now um, also have to kind of counteract with, I think, very naive bulls. In other words, I think by Friday, I think we could drift up through all of this. Put yourself in a place where bears have capitulated and people have gotten a sense that they should be throwing more market just when I think it's going to go lower. So that implies I actually think, yeah. expectations will be hit when it comes to big tech earnings estimates, when it comes yeah, to what I do. the Fed will do and what the Fed will telegraph in the press conference, what the jobs report will come in as. Some others might say, though, Guy, that it's a very precarious setup as we head into a news-filled week. Yeah, I know Karen would say that she has said it, and I agree. I Look, I mean, I think... Well, to say it's the most important week of the year is dumb. We're three weeks into the year. But it's going to be one of the most important weeks we've had over the last six to nine months, without question. And listen, you know, the Microsoft quarter and guidance was not good. The stock performance, in retrospect, I thought was very good. So we're in a situation now where the market seems to be discounting a lot of this bad news. The Fed can clearly throw some cold water on it. But I'll say, you know, the earnings we've seen, although okay, have not been great. And the revisions we've seen clearly have been in line with what we thought would could happen. Now, the markets rallied in the wake of that. I'm not really sure why, 
But I do think don't underestimate the importance of next week. You know, it's 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 binary. It's either we're going to go back to the August highs, which I think was forty three hundred ish, or we're going to make a beeline back to that, you know, sort of thirty four hundred level that some of us have been talking about. But I think it's that simple. I think it's that binary. And I wouldn't fade either move at this point. And for some individual stocks, uh, the run up has been even sharper. I mean, Tim mentioned the QQQs, which fourth straight winning week, longest winning streak since yeah. last summer or so. But Karen, you're just pointing out the setup in Meta. I mean, the rally off its recent lows has mm-hmm. been just astronomical. Right. It's startling. I mean, it never should have been there, you could say, and that would probably be accurate. But I hate going into an earnings season where the bar has just been raised and raised and raised again for all of them. I mean, you know, even after Microsoft, where it ended up rallying. So now I think the bar is raised for Amazon and Meta and Alphabet. And so I don't really love that setup. But I think to Guy's point, it is a really important week because we're really getting into tech earnings when so much of tech has been for the last few months about inflation and what is the Fed going to do? All pinned on that rates. And so what is the right multiple? Should you be in growth stocks? Should you not? And then it was sort of turning to recession. And now the thought about, all right, it might be a recession, might be a little more shallow. Maybe we even avoid one altogether. Let's just see what the earnings are. And more importantly, let's just see what the outlook is. That's going to be really important. Yeah. And then there is this theory which was posited by Guy, posited. Uh, that this market run-up gives cover to Mr. Jerome Powell, Steve Grasso, to be uber hawkish, to knock the markets down a little bit, to say, you know what, you don't believe me, I'll, de- I'll deliver on my promises. Uh, sure, I, I, agree. I agree with, uh, with the premise, but we've also had uh, economic data that would back him up for a quarter point. And plus, remember, he's doing QT on top of this, which is equivalent to another quarter point. So we have multiple quarter points here. So even if he does it 25 basis points, we're looking at 50. But it's about expectations. And the bar has been set so low, we're all prepared for an earnings recession. I don't know if we've seen one yet. And if we've seen one, have we seen it to the degree that would warrant the market selling off. Look at the S&P. The S&P is 100, over 100 handles higher than its 200-day moving average. It's been a year since it's been above that for any length of time. And this is the, high, the most overshot over that 200-day moving average that the S&P has been at. So I think where Tim started off talking about bulls and bears, bears got way too complacent with their position they, are, they have to rush to cover. I don't think bulls are chasing this market. Bulls are happy it's moving higher. By the way, what the heck is an earnings recession? We hear that term all the time, Tim. We, we won't actually you know, know that we've hit the worst until we see an earnings recession. In your view, what, what comes to mind when you hear that? I, well, I have to go to the textbook and say it's two successive quarters of an earnings contraction on the S&P's earnings. Okay. And, and for, for the fourth quarter, um, that's really where we got. Certainly going into this fourth quarter was the first time we got downgrades. And if you think of the facts, that data that we had probably six weeks ago was saying we were down six to eight percent. So um, I, I do think that we've been easing into this earnings pullback. We'll call it an earnings recession, whatever you want. Um, and I think 
think it's 100 percent, we're going to have a recession. I, I think, you know, you look at all the forward indicators. Uh, it doesn't mean that it necessarily has to be uh, your textbook recession. And, and we get back to that job market. This is the stuff that the Fed should be most focused on. And we're going to get an employment cost index on Tuesday, essentially the day the meeting starts. Do they have that information? They probably do. Um, the continuing claims numbers we've had are still at lows. The job market is very, very tight here. So how bad can earnings go in the short run when consumer has a job. This is the debate. This has been a much slower path than the market has wanted, and it kind of explains these extraordinary trading ranges. And that's why I think next week, um, I think we are going to drift through, uh, through again, those highs. And I think it's going to set yourself up for a really great place to be taking profits, to be selling upside calls, to be doing things in this market, to reload for another move lower. Let me ask everybody this quick question. That is, where are the markets a week from today at Friday close? Higher than we are today or lower? Show of hands, higher. Tim's the only one. Tim is the only one. All right, we'll see. I'm how, out there. How pans out. I'm out there. out there. Not forever, but yeah, I think that's where, where you and get through the period. And let's be clear, you said take profit. It's going to be a top. Yeah, so, I think it's yeah. going to be a blow off top. I think you're setting up for a lot of the pain we're all talking about. All right. Well, the focus may be on big tech names reporting next week, but the chart master's got his eyes on a different stock. He thinks it's setting up for big gains. Let's bring in the chart master, Carter Braxton Worth of Worth Charting. Carter. Well, one we haven't talked about in a while is Corning. At least I haven't, and so I thought, let us do it. Uh, we can go right to the charts and try to figure it out together. Uh, but here's a stock that acts well. It's doubled the performance of the SPY and the QQQ off the October low. But there's a chart, no drawings, no annotations. Let's do some. Next iteration. What you have here is a well-defined downtrend line, and I think we're going to get back to that line, hence the arrow. That would take us to 40. The stock closed at 38 and changed today. Uh, let's look at another iteration, just to put this in context. Is it a head and shoulders bottom that has formed and has already played out? Uh, it's played out and has room to run, again, to that downward sloping line. And then one more, bring it back a little further. And what you see here is a very well-defined formation. Some people name their formations, megaphones. It doesn't matter what you name it. You can see that the stock, like a pinball machine, has trafficked inside those lines. And just as we ricocheted off the bottom, I think we're going to get back to the top for the third time. Again, that takes us to the 40 level. Um, wow, Corning, we haven't mentioned that one. I mean, I feel like that's Fast Money classic time, like 10 years ago, <laughs> Gorilla Glass first came out. Um, anyway, Carter, we want to get to Tesla because yesterday you made the case that Tesla would rally up to the midpoint of its most recent channel, get to about 170. It went through that today. So what's the update on that call? Right. So, I mean, talk about not for the faint of heart. Uh, this is this is uh, almost a gambling chip at this point, right? I mean, there are. Do they make cars? Do they make batteries? Is it expensive? Cheap? Is the guy in charge insane or is he genius? I mean, but what we do know is, uh, and this is the mystery of math. It's peak to trough decline was 75 percent, and now in a matter of, of course, three weeks, it's up 75 percent, back to what I would characterize as a very difficult level. So we put out a note this afternoon to institutional clients worth charting subscribers saying, if you're long, take profits. If you're short, press it. And if you have no position, new shorts. All right. Carter, thank you. We will see you shortly on Options Action. Do you remember when we used to talk about Glassworks, Guy? I remember talking about Gorilla Glass when it first came out, and they used to, like, freeze chickens and throw it at the Gorilla Glass to test how strong it is. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs> anyway, what do you so want to trade It's got to be at least – that's got to be at least 10 years ago. No, at least. Listen, I think Glassworks is interesting because it shows that a stock in a downtrend, pretty significant downtrend, 
can solve these violent moves to the upside. And that's sort of is in, in one chart sort of illustrative of the broader market. But Tesla, we have to bring up because, you know, I won't hide from it. You know, we were right on the way down. I mean, I can only speak for myself now. I mean, this move clearly to 175 has caught me off guard because on earnings when it was 143 or so, I sat on the desk and said, you got to fade this move. So that's wrong. But we're now to the levels that Carter pointed out last night, which is a point where you might want to be thinking about taking profits into this name. There will be another opportunity to short this stock. And it's interesting. Tesla has now taken over from Apple for the amount of vitriol we get uh, from the social media crowd in terms of just being even quasi negative in the name. It's had a nice run. Again, from my seat, if you've been long this stock, you've got to be taking profits at these levels. Steve, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I understand what Guy's saying. Uh, the, the first level was that was the 150, and that one uh, stuck out on the charts. The second level is where it's right at right here, which is a December level. And then I, I think November, December is the, are the next levels, and I think it could make it to $200. And the, 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 the feeling was so negative on this one. Everyone got to the wrong side of the boat. And this one just exploded to the upside. So I think I have a shot at 200. But remember what I said, Melissa, this is something where he could pull rabbits out of the hat. He could talk about battery power. He could talk about powering other people's electric vehicles. He could talk about plant. He's got way too many rabbits in that hat to pull out. And even though the stock was under tremendous pressure, it's still a win for him. And it's a win for the Tesla stock. I'm still staying long. Sounds like a really big, crowded hat. Um, the investor day, by the way, is March 1st for Tesla. Um, Tesla wasn't the only uh, EV stock going nuts today. It was a volatile day of trading for Lucid. Shares of the EV maker spiking as much as 98% at its highs, prompting several trading halts during the session. There were some market rumors that Saudi Arabia's public investment fund is looking to buy the shares it doesn't already own. PIF is Lucid's biggest shareholder, holding more than 65% of shares. The stock closed up 42%. This was a crazy day for Lucid. Well, it, look, again, this is the reason why bears should feel pretty empowered here, because the kind of speculation we're seeing in these stocks, the fact that ARK's up 35 percent in 20 days, the fact that you're seeing Lucid, which you, you couldn't get arrested holding Lucid before, or maybe you were going to get arrested. So um, I, I can't speak to sovereign wealth fund buying. I, I can tell you that there are a lot of overdone stocks. There are major short squeezes. And right now, this is the kind of stuff that tells me the bear market's not over. Yeah. All right. Coming up. It's not just big tech reporting earnings next week. From GM to Lilly, from Mickey D's to Caterpillar, what's the top names our traders are watching? That is next. Plus, Chevron's wild and crazy week, what the CEO had to say about the blowback on his buyback. The details when Fast Money returns. Back in two. You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy. 
I use it to put my investment account and 401k accounts into one hub and get expert tips that help me confidently manage my money. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. Welcome back to Fast Money. Busiest week of earnings season on deck. It is a doozy. Big names like McDonald's, Caterpillar, Ford, many more out with results. We've already tackled tech, so what is the number one name outside of that sector that you are watching? Grasso, kick it off. Caterpillar. So I'm looking for that infrastructure deal or the, or the bill that they passed to actually start sprinkling some money, and that should be coming in the next couple of months. Caterpillar's chart is outrageous to the upside. It's performed very well, but uh, people are starting to bet against it now. And I think the money is just coming in. This is the wrong time to be betting against Caterpillar. So interested to see what kind of commentary they have going forward. Yeah, this is a new high, I believe, for Caterpillar in today's session. Um, Tim, where do you go? I think you have to go to, to a transport. You have to go to UPS. You have to go to these leading indicator stocks that at least give you some sense on, on economic cyclicality. But also, where's pricing power? Um, you know, to me, it's not a question where with FedEx we're asking truly bottom-up questions about the company. Uh, we're asking top-down questions about UPS. It's the reason why UPS trades at a premium to FedEx and the reason why it should trade at a premium. But, but again, to me, um, pricing power is something we never questioned about these shippers in the last two years. That's something I think we want to hear a lot more about because they pass through a lot of costs. I'm not sure they can, but really, I want to hear about ground. And I just want to hear uh, how much demand there is out there. Guy, I know you used to work for UPS at some point wearing that brown. Um, I did. What, what, you what are you anticipating in terms of the earnings, though? Valuation. You can, it's, been, mm-hmm. it's been an interesting stock on valuation. I mean, do they continue to separate themselves from Federal Express, which they have done, by the way? And as you mentioned, you brought it up. I was, as you know, Melissa, I worked there for a day, and I was employee of the month of that uh, the entire month. So it just shows to show you how strong my UPS skill. There you go. Look at that. I love that's, how we have this this video just ready to go. At Look at him getting into that UPS big rig. In the, in the, it's amazing. Our, our staff is amazing. Okay, Karen, which name are you watching? Never stops being yeah, good. Yeah, I'm watching. Uh, I'm watching that video again and again. Actually, <laughs> I'm watching GM. I'm interested. It's not so much about the earnings. I think it's really going to be more. I want to hear about the demand. Right. Obviously, deliveries is important, but the demand, how is that holding up? And um, I also want to hear, you know, they've been delaying and delaying a bigger push in EV. I really want to hear about that. I think GM Financial probably slows down a little, which is okay. But uh, it's more about demand for me. Yep. Uh, And Guy, which name? Yeah, I want to give a shout out to my coworkers in Brown, number one. Number two, my name is 31st (laughs) McDonald's Reports. Do they put up a quarter that justifies 25 times next year's numbers? Comps, 8.2% your bogey. And operating margins, around 45.5% or thereabouts. Those are the numbers. I do think, actually, they're going to surprise the upside. 
within a whisper of an all-time high. I think it goes higher from here at McDonald's. Guy got fired from McDonald's, you know. He wasn't willing to wear the hairnet no, over the, Tim, uh, that's the, not the griddle. True. But he got rehired at Domino's <laughs> <laughs> and Shake Shack. <laughs> So many jobs. And Shake Shack. Shack. Yeah. Fantastic. So many jobs, not enough time. Coming up, we're drilling into Chevron, its CEO responding to White House scrutiny. The details next. And later on Options Action, the latte loadout on how to secure venti size returns from Starbucks, that new caffeine call ahead. You're watching Fast Money Live from the NASDAQ market side in Times Square. Back right after this. Mark your calendars. Fast Money is heading to Miami next week. We are live from the iConnections Global Alts Conference with legendary short seller Jim Chanos and real estate titan Mike Arrighetti, plus a look at Miami's dented crypto dreams. It all starts Monday, 5 p.m. Eastern, only on CNBC. All right, let's get to Chevron taking a leg lower today, down 4.5% after reporting mixed fourth quarter results yesterday. Um, this morning, Chevron received backlash from the White House after announcing a $75 billion stock buyback plan, a move that had our traders fired up. Here's how CEO Mike Worth responded on this morning's earnings call. I think it's, it's um, you know, perhaps been a touch overblown, um, you know, given that it's an open-ended uh, program and we could have uh, sized a smaller one and just been prepared to do another one sooner. We just looked at something that would uh, last over a number of years, and um, we weren't trying to be splashy. We weren't trying to create uh, any reaction out there. We're just trying to indicate the confidence we have in our, our cash generation. Tim. I think you should be confident in the cash generation. Yeah. And again, that was a $75 billion uh, open-ended number that doesn't say that they were going to do it tomorrow. And if you look at their last round of numbers, there's reasons why the stock was down today. And it weren't just because maybe he's pushed, some, you know, pushed back a little bit on those comments. I mean, they talked about a replacement ratio of under 100 percent. There are people that are actually concerned that they're not reinvesting or in the organic part of the business. But if you're a shareholder and you want to be an investor in energy companies, everything that they said, first of all, their debt ratio fell 160 basis points. They have an annualized dividend of 7 7.6%, and they pay that dividend at $40 oil. We all know oil prices were lower. They, the numbers weren't as great as the last quarter. Chevron, to me, is doing everything right, and they and Conoco have been so far ahead of the rest of the industry at, at looking at efficiency and payback. Mike Worth could have gone in many, many different directions in responding to the White House's criticism, but he played it straight and narrow, which I think is exactly what shareholders would like to see from the CEO of Chevron. Good for you, Mike Worth. Guy, um, what would you make of it? Yeah, he took the high road. Good for him. The high road is typically less traveled. I typically uh, find myself on the low road. I would have been a little more dramatic, probably. But he said all the right things, clearly. And it, it's again, it's interesting to demonize an industry. I mean, if this had been some software company that announced a buyback, we wouldn't even be talking about it because it's energy. Obviously, it becomes a political jump ball, which is unfortunate. But he said all the right things. And I think Tim is exactly right. This was in terms of Chevron specifically. It was probably buy into earnings, sell the earnings release. But there's nothing not to like about what's going on at Conoco, Chevron, Exxon, and all this other, the other downstream yeah. names. I think you stay with the energy trade here. Yeah, and for most of you who put together your all of you traders who put together the acronyms, you know, energy was a component of it. And Grasso, by the way, a belated congratulations on your enormous win, a landslide Runaway. victory in the acronym Runaway. race. I believe it was like 19 percent to like fractions of a percent for everybody else. Um, but what <laughs> and, do you make of, and, of Chevron? <laughs> and I had the T and I had the T for Tesla. But but the Chevron uh, just just speaking on on a state, the guys have summed it up pretty well. 
Speaking on the stock basis, I think last year we had the equities outperform the commodity. I think this year you're going to have the commodity outperform the equities. I'd be a seller of Chevron and the rest of the group. But it, this is a testament to the fact that fossil fuels are still public enemy number one. Right. Yet with the divided government, they will have less capability of doing anything that hurts them. All right. Uh, time for the final trade. Let's go around the horn. Guy. Stealth rally in home builders continues toll brothers, Mel. Steve. Press the metal long. I like the chart. Chairwoman. Yes, uh, Ulta, fantastic run, all-time high, but you got to sell some upside calls. It's just run too far too fast. Timothy. AT&T, free cash flow. It's there. All right, that does it for us here on Fast Money. Remember, we're in Miami starting on Monday, so tune in then. Meantime, don't go anywhere. Options Action's up next. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager.